0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. And today, we are continuing our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Atlanta Falcons. New head coach in town, Arthur Smith. Same old guys with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Look, has not been the best time to be a Falcons fan, really, for the past 20-plus years. You could even go further if you really wanted to. But perhaps things are looking up. I have a very special guest to help me try to figure out what they need to do to get back into 2016 form. That is none other than senior writer at For the Win. Falcons diehard. grew up loving the team team charles mcdonald you know i'm on twitter as at four truly one of the best accounts on the old twitter sphere charles thanks for making the time and happy offseason man
1: yeah thanks for, yeah we're almost here to the offseason it's, <laughs> it's been a long long season and uh I, i'm ready to take a quick break before we dive back into free agency and draft stuff thanks for having me up. That's right, man. It is almost here. We're recording this on February
0: 3rd. So still got the Super Bowl coming, but trying to get ahead of things and get into this offseason. So per usual, we're going to be going through the three team needs, go through a quick gut feel round. I'm going to shoot some questions at Charles. Hopefully he can put his Nostradamus hat on, give me his best guess for what could be coming forward. And we'll get a quick offseason bowl prediction before we get on our way. So without further ado, Charles, what do you think are the top
1: three team needs for the Falcons ahead this offseason? Uh, well, like every year, it seems they definitely need more juice on the edge. Uh, Dante Fowler, who they signed last year, was banged up uh, in, in out of the lineup for most of the season. But when he wasn't, uh, he didn't really do much of anything. Uh, and Raheem Morris, the interim coach last year, even spoke on that, where uh, he said that Dante Fowler's production was basically non-existent and disappointing. So uh, they need more from him, and they probably need to add a guy across from him. They also need... Help at safety because Keanu Neal's a free agent, Ricardo Allen's a free agent, and based on their cap situation, they're you know about 30 million dollars over the cap right now. It's going to be hard to uh, bring either one of those guys back. So I'm not really sure how you attack that, but uh, that's a position they need to improve. And also running back, uh, you know, it, it seems like just yesterday they were roasting teams with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, but uh, both those guys have moved on to different spots in their career. Uh, the Todd Gurley signing last year. Didn't really work out outside of him being a just a goal line hammer at times so uh unless they feel comfortable with Edo smith handling load which i don't think they do based on his injury history they're gonna have to add someone there so uh you know defensive end pass rusher uh, safety and running back i think are three of their biggest needs and if, if you wanted to you could throw a corner in there too because outside of AJ Terrell who played pretty well as a rookie they, they need some uh they need some help there too
0: yeah now I know my company seemingly every time there's a run play we have to yell that running backs don't matter and it gets very <laughs> annoying and I get that but I think you're right man because like Todd Gurley and Brian Hill being unrestricted here like no offense to Edo Smith but we got to do something to add some juice here I mean I don't think that was really necessarily all on Gurley last year it wasn't great yeah. He was a little bit better than the masses were giving him uh, respect for, at least during the first half of the season. Obviously, he's kind of had those knee problems throughout the last few years. Do you think it's the spot where they'll try to get a rookie? Or, I mean, we've been talking about Aaron Jones and some of these free agent options. I know we would love to see Arthur Smith get another bell count in Fantasyland.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to go with the draft route just because they don't really have any cash. And, uh, <laughs> and I think if you're starting in a spot where you're, you're $30 million over the cap, And, you know, another bad part about where the Falcons are right now is that they're $30 million over the cap and they only have 30 players in the roster right now. So uh, I don't really think that this is a team that can afford to pay a running back and free agency. I think they're just going to have to roll the dice uh, in the draft and hope to find uh, maybe an undrafted gem or maybe someone. If there's a guy like late in August who still hasn't found a team, maybe they can sign a, a running back then. But. I would I would be pretty pretty disappointed if they decide to spend their their small resources on on a free agent running back this year.
0: Man, this salary cap, I feel like there's always a way around it. I mean, we've seen the Chiefs just do freaking miracles with it. But yeah, to be already under 30, 30 million under, and to your point, only have 30 players signed, not great. And as you, as you brought up with the secondary and the pass rush, obviously have problems to address with the pass defense. So, you know, we're going the running back in the draft, but between that, between finding someone to compliment Dante Fowler, or perhaps getting a number two corner, replacing Connor Neal, would you rather, you know,
1: hopefully both, but either or secondary or pass rush, which one would you prioritize? Uh, I think I'll go secondary just because the, the depth there scares me a little yeah. bit. Uh, and they've invested some on the defensive line. And I guess if you're a believer that Dante Fowler can still play, and if he's still on the team next year, if he's not yeah. a cap casualty, uh, which is very possible this offseason, uh, then ho- hopefully you, th- that, that you hope that they can just get that back in order. But the secondary actually does need some bodies and they need some talent. So uh, I think secondary is a bigger concern there. Yeah. Hopefully
0: AJ Terrell can take a leap forward, but uh, to your point, yeah, need some more out of Dante Fowler. And that takes us right into the gut feel round. Again, we're recording this on February 3rd, hopefully no n- major news breaks. Uh, you know, Charles and I are doing our best to stay on top of all that. So please forgive us if uh, something crazy happens between now and publication, but just want to get his thoughts at this point in time. And let's start on that defense because again, this cap situation is just awful. And just looking at the 2021 cap hits, Grady Jarrett, Dante Fowler, Deion Jones, Ricardo Allen, all these guys are carrying hits of at least eight knowing you seem to already hint that Fowler could be on his way out sooner rather than later. Any of, the, any of these other guys, Jarrett, Jones, and Allen, do you think could maybe be, you know,
1: cap casualties or just traded because you need to save money somewhere at some point? I think I, 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 Jones and Jarrett are going to be safe just because I don't think that those are guys who regret paying. Uh, but Ricardo Allen, just when you look at how much they could save, I think that he seems like almost a guarantee to get cut. Uh, which is why I mentioned him as like a free agent uh, earlier. Uh, so you know, you're gonna lose the veteran leadership with him, but you know, like I said, you you got to find a way to get under. Maybe they can bring him back uh, on a cheaper deal, but uh maybe Dean Pease also wants to try to figure out how to bring his own guys into the defense too They' gonna be building down in Atlanta. so uh it, it it's it's gonna take a lot of work for them to figure out how to do this and unfortunately, you know, they're not the only team that has this problem because uh, the uh the cap got crushed due to coronavirus it hasn't been i don't think it's been announced yet but i think it's uh, gonna be in between like 180 and 185 million which is way down from where it was uh just a year ago so uh <laughs> so i don't i don't envy uh the job that uh terry Fontenot and uh, his his cap guys are going to have to do this offseason, but hey, that's why they get paid and I don't.
0: Man, a little bit off topic here, but why does the NFL have a salary cap? I've, I've brought this up before. I hate it because we got to attack these running backs anytime someone's good. Not, okay, yeah, when we have this fixed amount of salary cap, I get it. You don't want to devote a ton of money to the running back position, but if some owner wants to spend billions of dollars on his team, I don't know why they shouldn't be able to let all these players go get played. People bring up, oh, well, they will turn to Major League Baseball. There's been more chance Champions in baseball in the last 20 years in the football do you have any overarching thoughts on the salary cap i know it's kind of out of
1: left field but uh, get rid of it yes thank you Uh, because and my my response is like there are people oh you know uh so and so or or they'll turn to where the yankees are winning every year dude tom brady's about to hit his tennis (laughs) like there there's no real parody in the nfl like before brady went to the nfc like the only quarterbacks who have made the, the Super Bowl on the AFC side were Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady and then one year of Joe Flacco like it, it, it like we need to get over the parody stuff uh, so uh, it, well I guess before M- the Mahomes era started I guess it was all Manning, Roethlisberger, Brady and then the one year of Joe Flacco so it, it, it's just I feel like the salary cap is just a way for the owners to Keep some more money in their own pocket, but like you know, like Jerry Jones, he he would love for there not to be a salary cap because yeah. he doesn't care. Like he'll pay whatever it takes to get the best team. Uh, and if your owner can't afford the team to compete with the other owners, then he should sell his team. Yeah. And and that's how I feel about that. But we, I don't think we need a salary cap at all. Uh, and I think that people are conditioned to thinking that it saves parity when we've seen like the same people win every single year for the past 20 years
0: like yeah the current system is not creating enough parity so let's try the one that maybe gets the players more money i don't know crazy crazy concept but all right back on the falcons so i think we pretty much established by now that the defense it's, they just don't really have enough resources to probably get marketably better from last year this year. Maybe they get, you know, some turnover luck and positive aggression and all that. But we're going to need to score a lot of points. Obviously, that starts with Matt Ryan. NFL Network's uh, Tom Pelissero said that he and Julio are not going anywhere. Have some reports coming out with the potential trade after that Stafford uh, extravaganza. We're talking about everybody. But Matt Ryan, he'll be 36 in May. Hasn't replicated, you know, the magical 2016 season, but he's still anyone's idea of a, above average to even great QB still. I mean, they would be leaving 26 and a half million in dead cap if they cut him after this season. Do you see yeah. Matt Ryan going anywhere for the next three years? Uh,
1: Maybe it, it depends on what they do in draft. And I think that them taking a quarterback at four is very realistic. And depending on who they take at four, I think decides like how long Matt Ryan's gonna be here. Like twenty twenty one, obviously safe. And I, I think that anyone who thought that he was gonna be playing elsewhere would like, just take two seconds to look at his his page on the over the cap and you see he ain't going anywhere. And it would be hard to trade him to a new team not just on the cap, but also based on his production last year, which I don't think was like entirely his fault because Derek Cotter was not great at calling plays. Cleo Jones is banged up. Like I'm not, I'm not someone who believes that the Matt Ryan book is completely done yet, but like if, if like, let's say they get into the draft and Justin Fields is there for, and they take him, you sit Justin Fields for a year. It's kind of hard to just justify him being on the bench for two years. Now, if you take someone like Trey Lance, that's an easier sell, I think to, uh, the fan base, we say, hey, we'll, we'll let this guy sit for two years, let Ryan ride it out, and then uh, we'll give Lance the keys whenever that's done. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised for Ryan to play two or three more years here. But, uh, you know, once you get past this season is when you start, like, having, you know, real earnest conversations about, all right, when is when is this thing up? Because, uh, you know, Matt, Matt spoke to uh, the media today, and he said he was – like, if they draft the quarterback – he would be open to uh, like being a figure for that, that player and uh, helping them throughout the early portions of their career. So I, I think that that'd be a, at least he's willing, it's something he's willing to do and be a good spot for him. It's not like he's going to, you know, throw a hissy fit if they draft <laughs> a quarterback or four or anything, but uh, I, I think the type of player they draft for will tell you a lot about how long they see Matt Ryan's future with the team. That's a good point. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it seems like a situation where we talk every year, Hey,
0: th- this team should trade down, but in the Falcons case, I mean, they're truly more than one player away. They don't have the cap room to exactly right. upgrade. It does seem like they should trade down if at all possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough because you don't know when you're going to be here again at the fourth pick and sure. in a, in a, in a draft where, you know, I see four legitimate potential starting quarterbacks down the road. Uh, I think it, it it makes sense to take one if you're a team with a 36-year-old quarterback as good as Matt Ryan's been in his career. But like you said, like it it will be hard to be upset if the Falcons decide to trade down because the you fourth pick in a four quarterback draft, uh pretty sure that the Dolphins aren't gonna take one at three. Uh so you can drive up a lot of interest for that fourth pick and then trade back and, and get still get a premium player, maybe not a quarterback, and then fill in some extra holes on your roster and really go for it uh, for the 2021 season. If you think that you can build a team that that quickly to get back into the playoffs, which, you know, if Arthur Smith is as good as a play caller as I think he is, then I don't think that getting back to the playoffs is impossible for the Falcons this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely not, particularly if he can get uh, Matt Ryan and company just playing, you know, not quite as shanty 2016 levels, but something in the same ballpark we would take it. I want to stick with Arthur Smith because obviously did some great works with the 2019-2020 Titans as their offensive coordinator. We, now, we don't know who the Falcons' starting RB is going to be. I agree with you. It probably will be someone they take in the first couple of rounds of the draft. But do you think Smith will still be able to enable such a great running game without Derrick Henry? I mean, have you seen enough from him just schematically to, th- to think, hey, like Falcons' offense? This, this is gonna be a legit unit again
1: yeah i'm i'm more excited about the way that he's able to kind of build the play action pass and game off the run and uh i i'm not see i'm not sure that he needs like a, a derrick henry type of back to have a productive running game like i i i kind of feel like that was more of a situation where like hey i got derrick henry and this Behemoth offensive line, like let's run it forty times a game and He's try, to, yeah, yeah, just just crush them on the ground. And uh but you know the, the drop back passing game was still pretty impressive. And uh, I I do think that the running game is going to be an emphasis. And I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing, considering how bad Atlanta was at running the ball last year. Uh, and I think if they're going to if they're going to do that, I think they need to make maybe a, a, an upgrade at left guard somewhere. And if if Alex Mack ends up retiring this offseason, obviously Sanders is going to end up being uh, a huge hole too. So I, I think for for Atlanta, if depending on how the Mack situation plays out and where they're looking at, like at the start of March, I think that all, figuring out the offensive line is probably going to be a bigger deal. For fixing the running game, than, than trying to uh, uh, find a running back that can you know be a, a bell cow. Because I, I think if if you're in a spot where maybe you have a rookie and Edo Smith and another guy that you signed in August, maybe that can be enough. If if Art Smith uh, can scheme up the running game, because I, I do think that he was uh he he was pretty good at, at scheming up the runs and, and calling stuff that really suited uh, Derek Henry's skill set. Like you'll see them run a lot of duo runs where they'll get they're basically just collapsed in the middle of the offensive line and bounced Derrick Henry and he's one-on-one with a cornerback uh, in the outside. And, you know, that's a win every right. time. And, and that's like, that's the stuff that I like to see because that shows an offensive coordinator is just trying to make things easier on his players. You know, mm-hmm. why am I going to try to run Derrick Henry up middle when I can get him one-on-one with like 190 pound cornerback on the outside.
0: Crazy uh, concept for sure. It's good to see uh, Arthur going through with that. And yeah, I mean, I understand why teams don't want to give their starting running back 300-plus carries, but, you know, in fantasy land, we are always looking for that three-down workhorse that can get 20-plus touches per game. It will certainly, you know, be a good idea of if they have one of those guys or not based on the running back they end up with. But good to hear that, you know, we should at least have an improvement in the passing game compared to what we were looking at before. want to stay on that because Julio Jones, look, he's been anyone's idea of a top five, if not top one wide receiver, pretty much the past decade. He was still awesome last year. He was just banged up pretty much ever since that Cowboys game in week two he turned he turns 32 in a week february 8th happy birthday julio as we're as this is live now it's your birthday so congrats (laughs) uh so we've seen the quick drop off come from aj green des bryant i know julio better than those guys i get it but the guy's turning 32 he's not you know immortal do you see him falling out of the top five consensus receivers anytime soon or are we again just looking at a freaking prodigy and julio's going to keep on julio Julio wing
1: I don't know. I think I'll, uh, for me, that's just going to have to be, I'll believe when I see it, uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm still all in on him being a top five receiver, maybe top three. Uh, it's it, to me. It's kind of like the LeBron thing. Like, I, I don't know when, I know at some point the wheels are going to fall off. I don't know when. Uh, so until that happens, I'm, I'm all in on Julio being a, a number one receiver. He, he just seems like one of those guys that like, he's just built different than the yeah. rest of us uh, in the fact that, like, like the fact that he could come out here at 32 and, and have like a 1400 yard season and I don't think anyone would even blink an eye at it is is pretty crazy that about what he's done in his career and the type of player that he is so you know maybe there's a little concern that that the wheels start to fall off this year but I, I, I I'm not concerned about that until I see it happen. Yeah.
0: And I mean, just, I mean, he just averaged a career high, 11.3 yards per target. Like he looked better than ever last year. Again, it was just playing through the pain. And I mean, Julio, I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for playing through the pain. It's like him and Tyreek, I feel like twice a game, you know, they kind of limp or hobble off, rarely keeps them sidelined. I mean, this dude was literally playing through like a bad hamstring injury and still getting open downfield. I love the, uh, the DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson gave their top five wide receiver lists, both still out Julio number one. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth Podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They will provide the most interesting football conversations and sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars, you do not want to miss the best. 60 minutes of insight this season. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under, and if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at USC 258. So we need you to download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort, hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. So I say those guys know a little thing about playing wide receiver. We can go ahead and take their word for it. All right. Quick uh, last thing here. Calvin Ridley, one of the more overqualified number two wide receivers in the league. I mean, was absolutely fantastic. He's not an unrestricted free agent until 2023. I think we all agree. Julio and Ridley are fine at that one, two punch, but we got Russell Gage. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2022. Look, Solid slot receiver, incredible arm, randomly PFS, number one uh, graded passer from last year. Uh, sit, what's, I don't know what's in that system, man. Muhammad Snuda, Russell gauge they just uh, breed these uh, throwing slot wide receivers. But I, we know they can't address this position really in free agency. But do you see the Falcons trying to make a push to add another wide receiver?
1: Because as we saw last year, when one of these starters gets hurt, they're pretty thin behind them. Yeah, I think they need to take someone in the middle rounds uh, of the draft. I'm not sure what type of receiver that they would need, but – uh, yeah, like when Julio went down, uh, you, you really saw how thin they were, because Ridley, like, he could be a number one receiver. Gage is your number two, is where it starts to get a little dicey, and then the guys behind him uh, don't really have a business, like just yeah. being in a, in a you know, being in your heavy 11 personnel set, so uh, I think that, that they definitely need to add someone in, uh, unless they feel like they need to resign Russell Gage, which, you know, I, I, depending on where you are with the cap uh, next year, maybe that's a possibility, but I don't really see it as like a necessity. Uh, I think they need to find someone to be their uh, future number three behind Julio and Ridley. And then, uh, you know, once Julio keeps getting older, you're going to have to figure out who's going to play long-term besides Ridley too.
0: Yeah. As we've seen, uh, you know, with the chiefs, you can certainly uh, circulate the majority of your passing production through two players, but not a bad idea to get an offense. That's probably gonna need to carry the defense. A few more weapons for sure. Charles, great stuff. Do you have a bold off season call can be early
1: round pick, you know, free agent acquisition, anything like that? Uh, Well, just cause I wanted to happen. I'm going to call Trey Lance to the Falcons. Cause I just think that that would be such a good situation. And you just watch the physical upside on him and you think about him and Arthur Smith's offense and, Maybe like you could even add a little more uh, quarterback run options with Trey Lance while still having the and stuff. Like, I I think that if if Trey Lance could hit his potential, that's someone that could just burn down the league. So I'm I'm a I'm all in on him to Atlanta and be able to sit behind Ryan for a year or two. I like it, man. Do you have him as your QB two behind Lawrence? Uh, no, he probably probably be QB three. Okay. Uh, I I like him a little bit more than Zach Wilson. Uh, and I don't I I definitely got him behind Justin Fields as I started okay. working through these quarterback guys.
0: Gotcha. I'm a uh, Columbus, Ohio lifer. So, you know, I always got to try to brush off my fields, uh, stand them a little <laughs> bit, a little bit too much. So that's good to hear. And I, I will, you know, I, I recognize you've uh, watched far more film on the quartet than I have. So great stuff, man. Everyone, make sure you follow Charles on Twitter at Forverts. Uh, you're over there at For the Win. You and Stephen Ruiz, especially, uh, produce some great content. What do you got on the uh, pipeline?
1: Uh, We uh, have a podcast called The Counter late today. uh, It's February 3rd. We are going to record with our buddy Nate Tice, uh, the previous Bowl, And then tomorrow we are uh, talking to Deontay Lee, uh, who is is doing work over at Pro Football Focus now and is an incredible writer.
0: Oh, yeah, he had his debut article about uh, Brandon Staley. Fantastic stuff. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out everything Charles has going on. Again, at verts on Twitter, truly one of the best accounts you will follow. I'm sure you're following it already. So he's Charles. I'm and Thank you, as always, for listening to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody.